Good morning from the Financial Times. Today is Wednesday, May 19th, and this is your FT News Briefing. JP Morgan has reshuffled its top ranks, lining up two women as possible successors to the bank's CEO, Jamie Dimon. And the Eurozone is showing signs of recovering from the pandemic. Plus, the Taiwanese company that assembles your iPhones is shifting to bigger things. We'll tell you more about Foxconn's plans to make cars. The market for their uh, products is moving there. I'm Mark Filipino, and here's the news you need to start your day. The most powerful bank in the U.S. announced a leadership shakeup yesterday. J.P. Morgan Chase said one of two lieutenants to CEO Jamie Dimon will step down at the end of the year. The bank also promoted two women executives to take over consumer and community banking, a move that puts them in line to succeed Dimon. To help unpack these changes, I've got the FT's new U.S. banking editor, Joshua Franklin, on the line. Hi, Josh, and welcome to the FT. Hi, thanks very much. So Gordon Smith is leaving. Daniel Pinto will become the bank's sole president and chief operating officer. Tell us why Smith is leaving. Yeah, so what the bank is saying is uh, it was very much Gordon Smith's decision. Uh, he's been at the bank a long time. He's had the role since 2018. And really, you know, living through through 2020 in a position like his is a bit of a dog year. He had to help guide the bank through the COVID-19 pandemic. And also Jamie Dimon did have a health, health scare last year, which meant that him and his co-COO also had to take on a lot more kind of running for the, the day-to-day operations of the bank. Smith as well uh, told the Financial Times that you know, he became a grandfather over Christmas, and then he had a conversation with his wife, and that kind of led him to the decision that that now was, uh, or towards the end of this year, was the right time for him to to take a step back from the bank. So, Josh, with Smith's departure, two women executives will now lead the consumer and banking unit. Um, What can you tell us about them? Yeah, so both have been mooted as potential uh, successors to Jamie Dimon for a while, Marianne Lake and Jen Peepsack. Uh, They've both been at the bank for a long time and really have had rising profiles. Both of them at different times have held the CFO, Chief Financial Officer positions, at the bank. Uh, and now this is them jointly running what is the biggest revenue generator of JP Morgan. It's a massive business, you know, did over 50 billion of revenue last year, has over 120,000 employees. So it really is a, a big chance for, for both of them to show, uh, you know, their, their CEO chops in a, in a crucial part of the business. So Josh, does this executive shuffle offer any clues about when CEO Jamie Dimon will step down? No, it's, it's one of the big questions on Wall Street is when Jamie Dimon will eventually take a step back from, from leading J.P. Morgan, because he is, you know, he's been leading the bank since, since 2006. He's the last of the major investment bank CEOs still left over from before the financial crisis. He, you know, shows no signs himself um, slowing down. The bank is saying that uh, the board has asked him to stay on for an additional significant number of years. So, you know, certainly the communications from the bank is Jamie is not going anywhere, but it is just prudent succession planning for any institution to think, you know, uh, what could happen in the future? Who do we want to lead this bank going forward? You know, Jamie did have a health scare last year. So you've just got to be prudent there. And, you know, there will be still a lot of speculation about when he uh, does eventually decide to to take a step back, who will, will, will fill his chair. Joshua Franklin is the FT's U.S. banking editor. Thanks, Josh. Thanks very much. The Eurozone economy looks like it's recovering from the pandemic. As COVID-19 infections fall in most Eurozone countries and vaccinations rise, there's early evidence of a bounce back from the double-dip recession. 
There's an increase in job postings and growth in travel and holiday bookings. And in the week ending with May 15th, bookings on Airbnb and Verbo were only 4% below what they were the same week in 2019, according to one data source. One economist says European consumers may start spending money they stockpiled during lockdown. Another economist expects Eurozone gross domestic product to expand 1.5% quarter on quarter in the three months to June. You know that rectangle in your pocket, the one that you might be using to listen to this podcast right now? Yeah, I'm talking about your iPhone. It's probably made by a Taiwanese company. Boxconn is the largest contract electronics maker in the world, so it makes iPhones, tablets, and other gadgets for Apple and a bunch of other brands. But Foxconn has other ambitions as well. The overlap between the electronics and the car industry is growing ever larger. The FT's Catherine Hilla has more on Foxconn's plans to make cars. First of all, they have set up an industry alliance with uh, more than 1,000 uh, partner companies, actually, ranging from the electronics manufacturing industry to auto parts suppliers to software companies. They plan to, through this industry alliance, they plan to offer um, standard designs for software and, and hardware solutions that are needed to make an electric car. Other steps they've taken include uh, joint ventures and other partnerships with uh, car companies. Uh, they've also teamed up with Fisker, which is a, an American electric car design company. And together with them, they want to uh, start making electric cars from late 2023. Can, can you talk a little bit more about why Foxconn is doing this? Why are they, why are they venturing into this space? The market for their uh, products is moving there. Foxconn manufactures a huge range of electronics components, and and uh, they also assemble a lot of consumer electronics products. But with the development of technologies like AI or sensors, the content of electronics is spreading into a much larger range of products, and and electric cars will be a very large part of that broader range. And that's, therefore, it's a market they need to be in if they want to retain that big market share they have in electronics manufacturing. Catherine, what does this integration mean down the line? Where else do you see electronics overlapping with cars? Over time, electronics has been spreading into uh, navigation. And once electric vehicles account for a significant share of the car market, that uh, electronics content in the car will obviously uh, balloon to, to an ever larger share. And then uh, if you think of autonomous driving, of course, that will also need a lot of, lot of electronics content. So naturally, the overlap, the, the common space where you have an industry that is both electronics and automotive will only grow. So, Catherine, would it be fair to say that uh, Foxconn is disrupting the global auto market? Foxconn is certainly disrupting uh, this market, but to be honest, it's not just Foxconn, but a larger number of companies that are disrupting this market. And in fact, it's technology itself that is disrupting the market. And uh, if we think about what that disruption actually means, one can only imagine that it will bring large geographical shifts in manufacturing, in the manufacturing of cars and uh, electronics. Traditionally, uh, cars are, are made 
uh, in factories owned by the car brands and also in, in plants owned and run by auto parts suppliers. Historically, those plants have been in Europe and the US, but also in other large car markets. When the manufacturing profile changes and, and some electric cars are manufactured or at least assembled by companies like Foxconn, you could imagine that some of that uh, manufacturing process moves to different locations. Catherine Hilla is the FT's Greater China correspondent. And before we go, Google is launching a skincare product. No, it's not lotion. It's a high-tech tool that uses artificial intelligence to help self-diagnose hundreds of skin conditions, from acne to melanoma. It's called Derm Assist. To use it, you sign into your Google account, upload images of the skin condition, and answer some questions. Then, an artificial intelligence model analyzes the information and generates a list of possible matching conditions. Dermacyst is based on a machine learning algorithm trained on more than 16,000 real dermatology cases. It's set to launch in Europe this year, and then it'll be available elsewhere. As for privacy concerns, Google said it would not use people's images for advertising and would only save images for further training and only if users give explicit permission. You can read more on all of these stories at FT.com. This has been your daily FT News Briefing. Make sure you check back tomorrow for the latest business news. Did you know the Capital Ideas podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin? Through the words and experiences of investment professionals, you'll discover who was their best mentor, what's a mistake they made that changed their approach, and how do they find their next great idea. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Published by American Funds Distributors, Inc. Hi, this is Janice Torres from Yo Quiero Dinero. From a local business to a global corporation... Partnering with Bank of America gives your operation access to exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Visit bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America N.A. Copyright 2024.